0: Okay, so let's turn to Matthew five thirteen to 16. These are familiar words for you if you know your way around your Bible. And if they're not, that's great. It's good for you to read this again. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our mission statement, as you probably know, is. Uh, that we want to see ordinary people changed by Jesus to change the world. That's, that's, that's where we are. Um, that's, that's, that's what we're about. You want to know what Kings is about, that is it. We want to see ordinary people changed by Jesus to change the world. It's our DNA. It was re- right there at the very, very, very beginning of the life of this church. Remember, you see, God, God started this work. I want you to get that. Please understand that. God started this work. This wasn't a good idea. This is a God idea. He started this work here in this town. It's always best that way if God starts the work because you haven't got to fold it up or whatever. You know, God will make it work. God will be at work in it. And by whatever means God moved people from Hayes in Middlesex and brought them here into Hazelmere. And uh, I'm so grateful for those pioneers. Do you know what? It's a big move. Do you move house, move family and everything? It's a massive move. I think we underestimate that. And God moved in the heart of these people and brought them here to Hazelmere. Why? Because He loves this town. He loves this town. It brings them to Hazelmere, and I'm so grateful. They, they hadn't got a clue what was coming. You weren't here in the early days. You didn't know the changes that they made, and all the things they went through. By, it was, it was tough stuff. We sit here, we, we got such a wonderful sense of God's unity. They went through it. They went through stuff that we've never been through. I am so glad that they didn't know what they were letting themselves in for. See, God has placed us here. And I want us to catch that If they walk away with anything else. This is a God idea and God has placed us here. See, ordinary people changed by Jesus changed the world. And at this very moment, as elders, we are currently looking at the vision of the church. We're shaping our vision as a church. Now, previously we stated that... um, We wanted to be a church of a thousand people in multiple sites, multiple meetings, and the fact is, is we're getting there. You know, um, it's a lot closer than it was. So we're asking, "Well, what is beyond that?" and i'm not thinking just we're not just thinking targets and goals or whatever what is God really shaping us about for the future for beyond what is he what is on his heart for us to be involved with what impact does he want us to leave on this town jesus said you're the light of the world now of course jesus is the supreme light i get that uh, but he says this you are the light of the world meaning we together it's not an individual thing, this. This is we together, because he talks about a town on a hill. He talks about a community. We together, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. A community. In ancient times at, um, at night, if the town was on a hill or it was on a rise, you could see the, the the lights and the fires and the torches could be seen for miles and miles and miles and miles. Just penetrating the darkness on and on. Light exposes things for what they are. Light isn't always appreciated. However, for some, you know, this light is the truth of God breaking through. For some, it's the healing for broken people. For some, it will be joy with just immense mourning in their lives. For some, it will bring meaning instead of just existence. It brings attraction as well as adversity. We are not a club. We're not a tennis club or a book club. They have one thing in common, tennis, books. We're a city or we're a town. We're a community. Set on a hill. When you are a community, it's the whole of your life. It's not just one interest. It's the whole of your life. We are a community. And here's the point. We're in a community. We are a community and we're in a community. We believe the gospel is made to work in the context of community. That context is church. It's church. Frequently, and uh, you must hear this too, I'm surprised how often I hear it, but I, I hear people say, uh, you know, um, I, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I, do you ever, I, just raise your hand if you ever heard that statement. Let look, I mean, good company. Where have the rest of you been? Just uh, no, uh, the, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. This is That's nonsense. It's totally non biblical. Much of the anger towards church and most disappointments are because of failed expectations. The church is not something we engineer, (laughs) it's what God gives us. It's not the people we want to be with, but the God, the people God puts us with. Uh, It's a God thing. Don't idealize the church. And Eugene Peterson, who's a author of many Christian books, says don't lament it either. Don't idealise it and don't lament it either. Revelation will tell you, if you look at the churches of Revelation, they'll tell you it's a messy place. Hey, heads up guys, still is. It's a messy place. They're not National Trust houses with everything in its proper place, waiting for the guests to inspect it in the morning. They're not like that. But it's God's will to have a church and it's God's will that you're in it. So question I have is are you? That's the question. Because the church is community. And we're gonna be a community in a community. It's a really important question, this. Because you can be an attender and not in the community. So we're here called together to realize who the Lord is, who we are, and what he's called us to. So we're not merely to be a light for ourselves. We're here a light to be seen for miles and miles and miles. That others may see the light of God. So we have a prophetic word that, being, that you'll hear in King's Church and it's, a, I have many people in this place. I've been thinking about this, I have many people in this place. and. I, I was thinking, okay, well, how many? <laughs> I have many people in this place, and then I just felt the weight of numbers. <laughs> I just thought, I don't know what you think of many, but my goodness, it's thousands and tens of thousands in this town. <laughs> I have, and so when God says I have many people in this place, many is a lot more than we have. And when we think of the word many, I have many people in this place. We're not looking for transfers from one church to another. Hey, it happens. I get it. People come here. People leave here. you know, For whatever reasons, I get that. I've not got, a, I've not got issues. That's fine. I realize these things go on. But we want to see the lost. I want to see the prodigals. And I've seen prodigals here over these Wednesday nights where God has sort of impacted them over this 40 days and suddenly woken up to the grace and power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prodigals here on Wednesday night and now coming on Sunday mornings. This is a gospel to see ordinary people changed by Jesus, changed the world. We didn't go to Hazelmere, by the way, so that people could have a shorter journey to church. We went there. Hear that now. We went there because God gave us an open door to be a community in a community. That's why we went there. I, I, I get the convenience thing, it's fine. But the reason is that we'd be a community in a community. And being a multi-site helps us do that. But if you think we're just aiming for two, we'd be wrong. That's too small. I'd love to see us surround this town with sites and communities of God's people. And one size is not going to fit all. And I don't know how all that works. And God, John has been often said, we'd love to see a presence of God in every street. Every street. I looked at the number of streets there were in High Wiccan the other, other day. And I, I just stopped counting. Because there are so many streets. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting line, isn't it? A presence of God in every street. Now I was thinking the presence of God where, where two or three are gathered. I thought, oh, that's good. Well, I'd go for that, you know. Two or three in a street, praying for their street and getting amongst their neighbours and being in that community. We're called to be a community in a community. God has set this up. I want to remind you, God has set this up. We did, this, wasn't a, this wasn't a good idea. God, had, we, got, we got suckered in by the king called into this he loves this town he loves it that's why we're here and we're called with other churches alongside to be a blessing to this town some people come and they don't connect because they're thinking i'm not going to be here long they think they'll be moving in a year's time don't waste your year hear me I've heard somebody say, you know, I've been here for two or three years. I just thought I was going to move on. They never did. And then they thought, I better do something about this. Don't waste your year. Don't waste six months. Get in. You'll never know. You'll never know what God will call you to. You may be here much longer than you think. So don't waste your year. No, don't waste your six months. We're called to be part of this town. Not apart from this town. We're cemented in. We're the light. And wherever we go, there's light. And the more there are of you, that's the more light. And we're called to be salt. And salt was a preservative. And you just, salt, you know, it hurts in wounds. But it heals. It's really needed. We could be part of a, a, of a healing church they're healing the wounds of broken people. You go, how many of that? Oh, there are many, many broken people and broken relationships and broken families. God wants us here. I want you to understand that. This is God's idea. That's why we're here, to bless this town. Last week, we went to a, a leader's prayer day in Westminster Chapel, New Frontiers, which is a network of churches of which we're a part of, and we prayed for the nation. It was great. We prayed for the nation. And there are a number of prophetic words and pictures. And one of the pictures was about, and I've heard this before too, but it was nice to hear it. It was great to hear it again. A vision of beacons and fires that had been lit up and down the length and breadth of this nation. Wow. Fires. Fires. Lights of the community of God's people all over this nation. I mean, really light beacons. You know, if you watch beacons being lit, I mean, boy, do they go. They got some fire in them. Jesus said, You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. We have pictures from some of you, too. One of Elijah praying for rain. And he keeps on praying. So if you're in 1 Kings, I think it's uh, 18, isn't it? I think it was 1 Kings 18 or 19, around there. He keeps praying and he keeps looking for this. God keeps until tells him to go back and look for a cloud because they haven't had rain. Go look for the clouds. Seven times he comes. And when he sees the cloud, a size of a man's hand, he starts running. Why? Because it's going to rain. It's going to the blessing of God. is going to pour on that land. He starts running. So some of you have encouraged us with that, and another one has been about water springing up from beneath our feet, underneath us, dancing in the rain, dancing in the rain in the in the refreshment of God. It's a great picture. We're to pray, my friends, for the pouring out of God's spirit in our nation and in our town. In 1859, I'm gonna leave you with this. had such a revival in Ulster that buildings couldn't contain the multitudes. Buildings were just not big enough. They had to meet in fields and in highways. On one occasion, they took this speaker, he was gonna speak at this place, and they took him to a quarry, and there's 5,000 people in this quarry, because buildings cannot hold them. One public meeting, the turnout was so high that they thought the galleries in this church were going to collapse, so the people had to go out into the square. 3,000 people into the square. It was raining. It was raining. And they stayed in the square and they heard the gospel. And it was said that they were so touched by what was said that the old men wept. And the young men were in, and women were in awe. And the anxious, that's those about their spiritual state, knelt in the mud and cried out for mercy from God. There's another revival that occurred where they came to a meeting and they and Hundreds came forward and they prayed for the hundreds and they went to another meeting and came back and they were still, these people were still on the floor kneeling before God, confessing their sins. My friends, we need a revival in this nation. We need a revival in this nation. I tell you, we just, and, and I, want, don't think, I don't think for one minute that God isn't blessing this nation with, with what is going on. We've never had churches, uh, I mean, I don't know, three decades ago, I never heard of a church sizes that I hear of now. You know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand. I never heard of churches like that. But boy, do we need a revival. We need God to pour out. So that's why I want us to pray. He loves this town. He just loves this town. So much that we don't know, but we'll ask God to break your heart over this town. That you would cry for this town. There's things you haven't a clue of behind closed doors, the desperation. But if God came in, wow, what a difference that would make. Amen? Amen?